This is Two Girls Talking, episode 28. I'm Katie Kiley from 97.1 The River in Atlanta. We are Atlanta's classic hits. And I'm with my buddy, Melissa Ruggieri. She's the music critic for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. She also does the music scene blog at AJC.com. We're Two Girls Talking this week about one of our favorite artists that we share, Billy Joel. And he just turned 70 <laughs> years young, Melissa. And you were at that big birthday concert. I remembered a few weeks before I went to that show that I happened to be at his 65th birthday party at Madison Square Garden also. That was coincidental because some friends and relatives were going anyway and said, hey, let's go. We all went. I specifically wanted to go to this show when I saw it go on sale last December. I think I bought the tickets because, you know, as 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 we've talked before and I've told you before that I made a vow to myself a very long time ago that I was going to go see Billy at least once a year for as long as he kept touring because he really is my favorite artist. This was now the 57th time that I've seen him. So I've that's amazing because I've, I've my, seen yeah. him many times, but not like that. Yeah. And it was funny. We were sitting next to these really fun guys from Jersey and who scared my husband a little bit because <laughs> I came like put their arms around them. They're like, hey. <laughs> hey, I'm Jeff. <laughs> and um and they you know they were, they they were funny because they were saying you know oh this is our this is our fourth or fifth time seeing Billy and you know and the son, there was a son with him who was in his 20s like yeah this is my second time seeing Billy and they looked at me and they're like have you seen him have you seen him before I said I have yeah and they said how about you how many times I said uh 57 and, then, you know, and they looked at me like are you crazy lady and how old are you exactly exactly <laughs> I said no I started going in high school so yeah but but Billy I mean being at that show was special because as you know from seeing the Garden Show last fall, no matter where you've seen Billy, there's something different about seeing him at Madison Square Garden. Yes. There's just a feeling in the room. There's a feeling in the air. Of course, you have a lot of native New Yorkers and New Jerseyites there, but you also have people from all over the country who make a pilgrimage. All over <laughs> to, the world, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, like us. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're not the only ones in the audience of you know 15,000 that are going to be there. You knew that there was going to be something special happening. I think we all kind of set our expectations really high because we had heard rumors that somebody sitting in front of us said they had seen McCartney up on 82nd Street earlier that day. So. We assumed he was going to be there because Billy always does have guests who come on. You got Joe Perry, which was a pretty... Right before he collapsed right. backstage afterwards, which I didn't even know about because I was at the show. Exactly. The rest of the world knew and we were there enjoying the rest of the show. Gosh. And then in April, I think it was Tony Bennett who came. One and of my friends saw that show. Yeah, yeah. And I thought for sure Howard Stern would show up to introduce him like he did at his 65th birthday. And nope, there was no Howard. Howard's was... busy peddling his book. That's well, I thought for why. sure that was the perfect reason to go yeah. and peddle his book. When Billy's daughter, Alexa, came out to sing New York State of Mind with him. That's when you kind of went, well, I guess Tony Bennett's not showing up. But, you know, it, it was sweet to see her come out and sing with her dad. She's actually a she's good singer, a, right? She's a very good singer. She's also, she's a beautiful girl. I yeah. mean, she she really is. And that's a hard thing to, I think, have to deal with. That You know, you're in your 30s, and now your dad's remarried, and he has two little, little, little girls now who are, I think, six and two or six and three. And, you know, that's got to be hard to adjust to. I think the hard thing to adjust to would have been that it, he married Christy Brinkley, please. <laughs> yeah, <or> Christy Brinkley. <laughs> Christy Brinkley's your mom. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, yeah. She just looks yeah. more like her dad than she does her mom. She does look mom. like her yes. dad. I actually think she's got a very exotic look. And no, she does. She's... But that was one of those things where growing up, you could, yeah. We, yes, yes, you could. And and I was very that aware of that watching her sing with him, thinking, well, you know what? I'm glad she has the musical talent because I'm sure there were a lot of, you know, emotional things that she had to deal with growing up and especially in this last you know decade that he's been remarried for the fourth time yes, <laughs> to, yeah. to someone very young. I think, I think his wife is only a few years older than she is, too. It was a sweet moment. And she she does sing very well. We did keep waiting and waiting for the special people to come because there were all these video calls coming in, which I don't think Billy knew about because, you know, one of his stage guys kept coming on stage and going, hey, Billy, sorry to bother.
bother you again. And he's like, what? <laughs> it's like, we got a call coming in from England and, you know, that kind of thing. It started with Pink. Pink called in. There was, you know, the pre-taped. Were they, li- they were no. pre-taped? Okay. Well, they did say they were, they wanted to FaceTime with you, but you could tell they were already pre-taped because he wasn't really interacting with them. It was just more a birthday <laughs> message. Yes. So it was Pink. It was Brian Johnson from ACDC. Yay. It was Garth Brooks, who he recorded Shameless. Um, Garth is a huge Billy Joel fan. Yeah. Don Henley. And then the last one was Paul McCartney. And it was funny because his face came up on the screens and you hear him say, you know, hey, Bill, it's Paul. I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. And the screens went out. So we're all like, oh, he's here. Now he's going to walk out on stage and say, you know, and here I am. You know, no, it just flickered off. (laughs) 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 But we did we did get someone, I think, very cool. We got Peter Frampton. Someone you and I like very, very much. Yes. And I know there were some people around me who were like, it's cool. It's Frampton, you know, and there were some other people who were like, McCartney's here still. I know he's coming out during the encore. And, you know, I don't know. We stayed till the very, very end of shows. That one I did because, A, I didn't have to worry about traffic since I walked there. (laughs) And B, I was like, I'm not going to leave. And then reading the paper tomorrow that somebody big showed yeah up. that mccartney showed up so we waited until the house lights came up and they also had handed out paper birthday hats that you would get you, know, you would buy at party city or whatever that said happy 70th birthday billy on it so i picked up you know one of those and brought that home it was a nice little souvenir That's cool i spent yeah. another 40 dollars on a billy joel shirt that i don't need but it said billy joel 70th birthday madison square garden yeah see that's very cool <laughs> i it's actually just... have a section in my closet i have a billy joel t-shirt section and a share concert t-shirt <laughs> section it's very sad that, that's all you need to know <laughs> and a borgata t-shirt <laughs> right section there. Yeah, that's, there you go. that's what's in my closet and two cats in your closet too <laughs> so cats, there exactly <laughs> i have cats. no design or anything. <laughs> it's all concert t-shirts. Uh, but it's a good show. I mean, you thought the same thing when you saw him, right? I did. And the, if you're listening to us and you've never seen Billy Joel live, just do it now. Make that one of the things that you go to travel to see him because he sounds as good now as he's ever sounded. I think the shows that he does, I love that he goes a little deeper. Although you and I just read an article where he was saying, you know what? I just did a show of the hits and I kind of like that. Right. So I'm going to be doing that for a while. Right. But I loved his albums the beginning album to end. Sure. Just mm-hmm. love, love, love the album cuts. Mm-hmm. So going to see him and having him do Rosalinda's Eyes or so, right. just go Vienna doing the deeper cuts is really a special treat. I've seen him when the albums were new mm-hmm. but he doesn't do any more new music so when you go to see his shows you're going to see hear something that you know. And even for most of the people who go to those shows they're long time enough fans that they do know those album cuts. Yes. So even though it wasn't a top 10 hit you still know Vienna. You still know Summer Highland Falls which yes. I wished he had played but he didn't. <laughs> That's my favorite song. Sometimes he'll give you a choice. Yes. He'll say, hey, do you want to hear this or this? And, and, and then we read about why he doesn't play Captain Jack anymore, which <laughs> kind of bummed me out. I think the Piano Man album, that is going to be one of my top 10 albums for sure of all time. It's a Desert Island disc for you? It's just, yeah. yeah, because the songs are so different. Traveling Prayer and mm-hmm. Billy the Kid. And it just goes to show the scope of Billy Joel. That, yes. That's kind of when he was a little bit all over the place. When he became the master of the really short little ditties that were kind of fun, that's when I lost a lot of interest. Yeah, you know, my uh, Turnstiles is my heart. Oh, that you know, too. that's, that's oh my, my gosh, favorite. Angry young man. <gasps> yeah, and you know, and you know, my sister's ten years older than I am, so even though I was only, you know, six, seven years old at the time when he was in that late seventies period, since she was in her teen years, the record player was always going across the hall from my room <laughs> with all those Billy Joel albums playing. So I really already knew about him by the time I was, you know, eight. <laughs> See that and that's how I am with the Beatles. Right. I have a brother that was eight years older than I. And the same thing. It was like I heard the music, it's part of my DNA. Right. Like this is for you. And and Billy Joel for me is part of my experiencing my own favorite music at that point. I was at that age. And you know, 
older. Listening to those songs for the eight millionth time in concert the other night, you know, you're re-struck over and over again at the brilliance of the songwriting and that they're such good story songs. Mm-hmm. All these characters, you know, Brenda and Eddie in Scenes from Italian Restaurant, you know, Mama Leone in Moving Out. He created these worlds that I don't think a lot of songwriters do now. I mean, I know Springsteen, of course, does that same yep. type of thing. When you hear them, I mean, you're still transported immediately back to that vibe of whatever the song is about, usually something about New York or something Italian yes. <laughs> or whatever. And you Very know, he's not Italian. right? Yeah, right, yes. it is. And he's such a vivid songwriter that even 30 years later, you know, and I'm like you, I didn't really love the River of Dreams album, which was the last one he did in 93. I didn't really love A Matter of Truck. Like, I didn't really love a lot of his 80s stuff. I mean, there are some great songs, I think, on An Innocent Man, but not really my favorite album either. I mean, when he started going really, really empty. TV commercial, which was, a, you know, that was a business decision. I think, and good for him, and right? Good for him, yeah, of I wasn't angry about no, it, but no, I was no, just no. like, and, you know, he played Uptown Girl the other night. I hadn't heard it in a while. I'm like, you know, it's a fun little song. And you can hear then live, you really hear those influences of like Frankie Valley and stuff that he was trying to do, yes. like hearkening back to the doo wop singers and stuff, because his musical interests stretch that far back. And what he said in these handful of interviews he's done around his 70th birthday is, yeah, he's still been writing stuff, just no one's heard it. And no one might ever hear it because he's writing for himself. He's not writing for the radio. And he doesn't care. He doesn't need another hit. Right. Why does he need another hit? I mean, I love the question that was posed to him about your peers are retiring. They've all announced retirement tours, many of them. What are you thinking? And he said, first of all, why would I? I make so much money by working two days a month. He does the monthly show at the Garden. He usually does a stadium show somewhere in the world. He works two days a month. In 2018, he made $70 million. I would work two days a month for but what I liked my... <laughs> was that he didn't give the guys a hard time that are saying it's my farewell tour he said you know what if you're losing your talent if it's just not as strong as it was and you're feeling like this I got to do this before I fade away then do it you know so I liked that his answer to that wasn't that oh my gosh they say they're gonna leave but they really don't leave exactly like he hey Cher saying, we've been hearing this yeah yeah but he's still got it and as long as people still want to see him and I love the idea of him playing in his backyard that's yes. what Madison Square Garden is he's in his backyard mm-hmm. There's a very homey feeling to it, and you feel like because he's a New Yorker. It's, I'm, I that's mean, the best you know, it's gonna get. he's a Long Islander. He's yeah. got a place in South Florida, but he's really a New Yorker, and you feel like you are in his world yeah. when you're there. One thing I wanted to answer to, and I, I have some friends at Newsday, the Long Island newspaper, who I've emailed and said, "Hey, you guys need to do a story on this. I want to know what the band does the other 28 days of the month. Does he pay them enough that they can afford to just work two days a month with him? Isn't that <laughs> as funny? well? Yeah. The band has been with him forever, with the exception of their drummer, because Liberty." left a long time ago but other than that those band guys and there's a new newish guy oh, from yeah. like a decade yeah. but you know Crystal Talaferro <laughs> Dave Rosen I mean, yeah, Mark yeah. Rivera they've been there forever his sound guy has been with him for 40 something years I mean he's got this family his manager. his manager has been with him for 40 years I mean he's got this family with him that it really wouldn't surprise me if they all do get paid very well just to retain them just almost like a retainer fee yep. you know because maybe he doesn't want Crystal Talaferro going off and playing percussion for John Mellencamp's store, you know, and then not available to play with him. Hey, here's a nice chunk of change. Just stick with me, kid, and, you know. Some of these guys seem to need the young blood to get them. Right. But that isn't really the case here. It's a bunch of original yeah. players with his band that are just, they're still 
phenomenal. Yeah. And you could just, it, it doesn't seem like it's rote. It doesn't seem like they're just up there playing just to get the millions of bucks. They love it. You can tell they do. You could tell they love it. I yep. mean, they ham it up for the crowd. They wave to the crowd. You know, they put on their nice clothes for the night. <laughs> they, this newish guy, his name is Mike Del Guadis, and he plays guitar. He plays rhythm guitar, but he also sings backup. And he does a section of the show. I'm sure he did it at yours because he does it at every yes. show. Nessendorma. Yes. And Amazing voice. This guy's oh my voice God. is incredible. They found this guy in a Billy Joel cover band several years ago. I mean, he sounds like Billy, really, if he was singing himself. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. And another, like, just fun personality because our seats were sort of like where yours were the last time where you're not quite behind the stage. You're kind of on the side. Right on the side, like literally next to him. And his piano thing rotates. So even though he might not be facing you initially, at some point it's going to spin around and you're going to get to see him for a song or two or whatever. So it's like to be able to watch the band from that vantage point, I really like. I mean, I've seen him from every perspective in an arena and a stadium, which I hate because as David Crosby <laughs> was discussing with us last week, it's like, you know, you see Mick Jagger down there going, is he waving a scarf? Right. Because <laughs> right. you can't see anything. So that's another cool thing about the garden. Even though it's an arena, it's fairly intimate compared to the stadium shows that I've seen Billy act because no matter where you sit there, you're watching screens. I mean, you're not. You that's know. the truth. So to be able to be, you know, 10 rows up from the side of the stage and. and you see things that you, do, you don't you do. notice from the front. Like the teleprompters. Yes. <laughs> which everybody has now. I mean, everybody of a certain age. I was age wondering. I saw now. Tom Jones recently, which blew me away. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell. We were up so close because I thought if we're going to see Tom Jones, we're going to get the best seats <laughs> we can get. So we were in the third row. And there were things and I wasn't sure if they were monitors or teleprompters because I couldn't imagine yeah. at his age that yeah. he didn't have teleprompters. I mean, but. Billy started using one a long time ago for We Didn't Start the Fire, which is All totally lyrics, understandable. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know, because you, you mess up one line of that and you're screwed for the rest <laughs> of the song. Snowball, that's yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, he use, he has one on his piano now, too. So does Elton. I mean, they, you know, Steven Tyler and Aerosmith have had them for years also. Yep. I mean, it's not an uncommon thing. And I can't really blame them. I mean, even if you don't have stage fright, talk about something that could give you stage fright, the thought of forgetting any of those words, words and things. Although the crowd seem to sing as loud as he does That's sometimes. It's amazing. It's a giant sing-along. So one thing that was really cool when Frampton came out, that was planned. They actually sound-checked that afternoon. Frampton had posted something on his Twitter account. And they go back 40-something years, too. Frampton told this great story about how he and Billy were both playing in bars down in the village back like 40 years ago. Frampton was a little more popular or successful at the time. And they ran out into each other like on the sidewalk and Billy needed a ride. And Frampton said, well, I got a limo. I'll give you a ride. So he gave him a ride. And then as they were talking, uh, Billy said to him, like, what's that thing that you use on stage that makes that wah, wah, wah sound? And he said, it's a, it's a talk box. And Billy said, can I run a piano through that? And Frampton said, you could run anything through that. And so Billy's like, huh, that's really cool. Frampton brought him for his birthday a talk box all these years later Isn't that, <laughs> that he cool? presented him with. And, and Frampton looked like he was having a ball, too. He's playing amphitheaters mostly on these last few rounds of tours. Because Frampton's on his farewell tour, but he, he has a reasoning. He has he's a got reason. a degenerative muscle thing that's happening. And watching him play, I mean, again, you kind of have that, that moment of it's so fun and so awesome, but then you have that moment of sadness that yeah, he's going to be done after this year because he's not going to be able to play like he's playing right now, but he looks like he's having so much fun that you have to have fun with him. And he did two of his songs with Billy's band. He did, what, you know, Baby, I Love Your Way and Show Me The Way. Okay. And then he came out during the last song for You May Be Right and, you know, was just jamming with the band and following his guitar player. It was cute. He, Frampton was trying to, like, kind of stay in the background and Billy's guitar player was, like, motioning to him, like, come on, come on, come on, like, bringing it up to the front of the stage and kind of pointing to him to, to solo or whatever. And it's just so cool to watch these guys who could just slip right in. Yep. And even though it's not their song, it's not their whatever, it's like, just tell me the, the key. Yes, and I can do it. <laughs> 
and yeah. we're off, you know, and, and there you go. I was watching, speaking of something like that, this is a little bit of an aside. Clapton was playing in London. Mm-hmm. At, he's got three nights at uh, uh, Royal you. Albert Hall. Night before last, he played Purple Rain. Oh, yeah, right. I read about okay, that. Okay, so yeah. I posted it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I thought, I love Prince so much, mm-hmm. and I thought, I wonder what he's going to do during that guitar solo. And it is where you watch somebody like that and go, it's so innate in them just to mm-hmm. know what to play. He wasn't copying Prince's mm-hmm. guitar solo at all, but it was just knowing the key. I mean, I, I studied music. I studied piano and guitar. I know how to read notes, but I could never grasp with a guitar the chords. I mean, I can play the chords, right. but but getting the idea of just jamming with somebody mm-hmm. and the key of whatever, it just blew my mind to watch Clapton do this whole different wonderful thing with Purple Rain, and you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. But going back to Frampton is like that kind right. of a guitar player. He's a guitar god, yes. and there are really we could probably count ten of them that are still right. alive today that you can see and just go wow. And they so. could do any. I mean, it's like when when Joe Perry came out with Billy. I mean, I know they did Walk This Way, which you know is his song. And it song, was so but... fun because Joe. Perry's got that swagger, yeah. right? Yeah. And then like to see Billy's band fall into Walk This Way. They probably sound checked too, since they knew he was going to be coming. You know, same with Frampton, that Billy's band was playing Frampton songs. But really, for them, a sound check is, hey, let's run through Baby I Love Your Way. We already know everything. What's the key? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, all these musicians that have been doing it for so long, it, it is innate. It's it's pretty amazing to see. And that's what's so fun about going to see Billy at the garden shows is that he almost always does have a guest. So you might get a big rock star or you might get somebody totally unexpected where you might be like, oh, I was really hoping for Joe Perry, but then go, oh, wow, this is actually kind of cool, too. I like the fact that there's this commitment to the garden shows and the garden in return has reserved a spot for him every month because they'd be silly not to. The show that I saw was the 64th consecutive sellout of this residency that he started in January of 2014. They just did the, the fifth anniversary of it this past January. That's amazing. It and really I remember is. when he said, I'll do it until it doesn't sell out. It's always going to sell out. It's always going to sell out. They just put tickets on sale for November and it's two days after my birthday and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I need to see Billy twice this year. Well, and here's the thing. If you're thinking, there's no way I could ever do that. If you plan a trip to New York City, which there's so many great shows to see and yes. now they've got the the play it loud at the Met. Yeah, saw that at too. the Met. Melissa saw that with out. all the instruments and says it's great. But to go see Billy Joel, I think that we got our tickets maybe a month beforehand, paid less than $300 a piece. We had great seats on the side that were down mm-hmm. low. You can do it. You can. Yeah. And the ones that I bought, I actually bought through like the credit card pre-sale when they went on sale in December. They were $120 each. Okay. And it was like also that same kind of side-ish behind the section. Yeah, so if you, behind if the you section, really yeah. plan it, right? Yeah. If, yeah, if you really got the trip planned. Yeah. It's really affordable compared to a lot of shows, and you are guaranteed to have two and a half hours of full hits. And maybe if you're lucky, you'll get one of those album cuts if you're a fan like we are. Yes. He is just so great to see live, and I'm delighted that you saw him. You were, I'm sure, disappointed that Howard wasn't there. I was a little disappointed that Howard didn't show up, but you know, (laughs) because I have my two guys on stage together is really something I was looking forward to again. But My claim to fame with Billy Joel, I've never had a chance to interview him, sadly, but was that we went went to see him in Macon. I went to college in Atlanta. I piled four friends in my little Fiat Sport Spider that only holds two people, right? So two. (laughs) This is bad. Back in the day when literally you could get on an Atlanta highway, drive all the way to make it with two girls sitting on the top of the car in the back, and you don't get pulled over. That sounds safe. Seriously. I think there's a reason why you should be getting pulled over. Seriously. I'm sitting here knocking my head now going, I can't believe it. But we get there, and... We're a couple of minutes late and Billy's on stage. Well, we came all the way from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. The usher made us walk in front of the stage to get to our seats because we were in like the third row or something. And 
he looked down at us <laughs> and was like kind of doing that tisk tisk yeah. tisk thing. And yeah. we, I was mortified. <laughs> I would be mortified yes, too. Yes, that's that's how Billy knows me back at from 1980, probably 1980 or 81. And were you ever late to another concert again? <laughs> never. Well, I would never sit that close again where I'd, it's so rude, you know, but it was, right. we were really, we came right. from out of town. I'm so. surprised people weren't like standing and in, into like a, you know, the, the fact that he would even notice that people you know were creeping I remember, in. Remember yeah. the best about him was it's, it, that was back when he would do big shot and just jump all over yes. the piano and jump off the piano it, it was just it's so fun to see him like that and i remember he used to say that he wore people somebody asked him why he wore a suit and tie mm -hmm. and he said it's out of respect for my audience and yeah I was like, That's yeah and really he still cool. does i mean he doesn't yeah. wear the tie but he wears a really nice black suit the band is always you know dressed up in mark rivera always has a sharp suit on crystal's got some cool like hat and thing going on or whatever yeah they do they make it a night out and and you yep. really feel like you're part of something special when you're there so yeah even though you could go see him somewhere around the country you know at any of these baseball stadiums that he's playing in new york and see Go to New York. You I mean, will have a ball. I say that about everything. Anyway, go to New York. <laughs> but especially for Billy Joel, go to New York Melissa and have some pizza while you're there. Melissa texted me. Go ahead and tell people where this was. She texted me like a Reuben sandwich, right? This picture. And she was like, the best sandwich ever. And I was laughing because I'm like, there's so many things in New York, but you sent me a picture of a sandwich. Oh, it's my favorite sandwich anywhere. It's Katz's Deli. It's a pastrami sandwich, actually. It's Katz's Deli, which is famous from when Harry met Sally. That's the table. That's where Your they orgasm were. Yeah, there's place. actually a sign over the table that said, this is where she, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> it took place. And no, I mean, Katz has been there since, I don't know, 1920, 1930. And it truly is the best pastrami sandwich you'll have in the world. I mean, I've had them I've had them at the other places around the country and other other countries where they're like, oh, this is the best, whatever. No, nope, 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 nope. So that's where, if you Katz's. like pastrami, that's where you need to go. You got to go to Katz's. Yep. Two girls talking about other things, too. <laughs> we love well, food. What we're trying to weave in now is she and I both love cats. And I just adopted. Yeah. The cutest two kittens from this place in Atlanta called Fur Kids. They're the largest no-kill cage-free shelter mm -hmm. in the southeast of the United States. And the girl that was the what, what did she call cat ambassador? Yes, the cat ambassador, the lady that's the adoption specialist. There we is go. what she is. We were talking afterwards. I said, "How long have you been here?" And she said, "About six months." And I said, "Well, what were you doing before this?" And she goes. I trained big cats. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought I was hearing things. I went, what? And she goes, I trained big cats. And I'm like, what kind of big cats? And where were you? And she was in sanctuary places mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. big animals. And so I thought we have to get her on our yes. podcast. Yes. Because even if you're not like a cat lover, which you and I are, right. can you imagine talking to a person that trains big cats? Who doesn't have respect for big cats? I'm fascinated by hearing this person's story and just what went into training big cats. Because, you know, I've often thought of that as a side career. Of training big cats. <laughs> of training big cats. I'm a, little, I'm a little afraid of them, but I think they're just majestic and gorgeous. Just, and you have to respect the cat. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out how to weave that. That in so forgive us if we go off uh, the music topic every once in a while but hey, we think not? we'll get max on with us and talk about and why don't you tell everybody the names of your two new babies <laughs> oh they are jude and jojo and Beatles. guess what they're from <laughs> yes <laughs> my yeah. nephew joe said i can't wait to say get back jojo <laughs> and then everybody says when they're holding jude and he's so cute and they're like hey jude it and then they look out. at me like where, where did that come from it just comes out it well does. maybe you should post some pictures of them on our facebook page I'll as well because jude and I, ha I have some video from frampton performing with billy it's not the greatest video and my husband took some better video of billy himself performing my favorite well, song i go to extreme that'd be great my second favorite song i go to extreme so yeah so we'll post some of that on on our facebook page which people can check out at two girls talking with the number two <laughs> that's right and then you can also email us two girls talking 11 at gmail.com and of course find us on on iTunes.